Good afternoon. This is Dr. David, back with a fresh start with Dr. David Podcast. And I have a special treat, a special guest here today. Um, she is a returning guest. Um, she's one of the clients that I have who I've seen blossom and transform and butterfly and level up and all those things. So welcome back, Melot Tezera. Thank you so much for having me back again. Yes. I am so happy to be back. And hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys? I hope you get, everyone is doing great. Um, well, thank you so much for inviting me back again. Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you back. Um, so one of the cool things uh, about my practice uh, and my podcast is that if you become a client of my uh, practice, then you can have a, do podcast episodes with me if you'd like. You can talk about anything that's going to help anybody else, whether it's mental health or overcoming a life challenge or self-improvement or how life coaching has helped you or how your mindset is different or any of those things. So whenever you become a client of mine, if you choose to, if you want to, then you can be a podcast uh, guest. And I think it's a big thing because I think it forces you to go outside your comfort zones. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, doing something where you make a part of yourself vulnerable to everybody just levels you up. It yep. really does. And it allows you to get past embarrassment and self-conscientiousness yep. and things like that. So I just think it takes you to a, a new level. The other thing, too, is if you have a unique service, um, um, if, especially if it's health and wellness-oriented, um, like nutrition or a plant-based diet or, you know, positive psychology or Reiki or, you know, acupuncture, acupressure, things like that. If you have some kind of service that you offer that's helpful to people, you know, reach out to me. Um, you can email me at mlcofgreateratlanta at gmail.com and um, I'll send you some more information and then we'll schedule an episode. So with that, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. I do apologize for the length of time that it's taken me to do a new episode. Like everyone else, my life gets busy. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. happens. Life gets busy. But the thing about it is, it's just like dieting uh, and a lifestyle choice. As soon as you have a chance to recalibrate, you get right back up again. Absolutely. Right? So it doesn't matter if you drop the ball on your diet or your lifestyle choices on working out or your self-improvement or your self-growth or spending quality time with your friends and relatives yep. or self-care or self-love yep. or any of those things or resilience, any of those things, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up again Absolutely. that determine your trajectory of life. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, it takes sometimes, I think, I think, you know, really taking time for yourself, it comes in a different forms. And also when you hit your lowest points, I think you have to be there because that's your body telling you, hey, let's get some rest get back up again and do what you can in a certain time and don't force yourself you know um by all means you know keep in mind you still have to always succeed in life and you know you still have to work but taking those time off is very important and it and this really puts you together absolutely 100 percent. and you know um 
what Maylot was just referencing was self-love and self-care. Absolutely. Um, I did a podcast episode with another client of mine, um, Phoenix Soul. Uh, it was a two-part episode. It was really, really good. Um, it was a two-part episode on self-love and self-care. Uh, and it was really, really, really good. And I think it's it just self-care and self-love is a reminder of a basic concept is you're not going to be good to anybody else or yourself yep. if you don't make it a priority to take care of yourself Absolutely. and it does not happen automatic. You have to Absolutely. plan it and strategize it and create action steps to keep yourself in line. So it's just, just part of regular life maintenance is what yeah. I call it. I did a podcast episode about um, listening to your body. And so that brings up that concept. I did a, a podcast episode about, it's called, it's called Listen to Your Body. It's not lying to you. And that episode was during season two, this season. And it was also all about that concept. When your body, when you're exhausted, when you start forgetting stuff and letting stuff go and being sloppy and, you know, your body is telling you something. It's telling you it needs a break. Now, whether you yeah. choose to listen to it or not is up to you. Absolutely. But it behooves you to listen to your body. Um, your mind, your spirit, your soul, and psyche, because they're giving you feedback. Yes. Whether it's a tummy ache from something you ate, yes. or whether it's a headache because your blood pressure is not being managed, or you're stressed out, mm -hmm. or if it's a neck ache, or a back ache, Anything. or any of that kind of stuff, and especially with ADHD symptoms. So I'll be doing a, an upcoming two- or three-part series on ADD, um, but one of the reasons why there's so many people with ADHD and ADD symptoms these days is because everything causes ADD. Yeah. I was talking with with some colleagues about this, um, you know, at a at a, a program recently. But you know, dietary deficiencies, Absolutely. right? Nutritional deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, Absolutely. mineral deficiencies, yes. they can lead to ADHD symptoms. Absolutely. Overstress can yes. lead to ADHD symptoms. Exhaustion. Mental exhaustion, yeah, um, being kind of worn out by life, that can lead to ADHD symptoms. Depression can yeah. lead to ADHD symptoms. Yep. If you drink coffee, coffee regularly and you stop, that will lead to yeah. ADHD symptoms. If Absolutely. you take medications for ADD and you reduce them or stop them, and those are addictive, by the way, you get your ADHD symptoms will come back worse than they were before. Yeah. And so a lot of different things come um uh, or lead to ADHD symptoms, and the more you have a good work-life balance and self-care and self-love, the fewer ADHD symptoms you're going to have. Absolutely. And if you have some ADHD symptoms, please reach out to my practice, uh, and we'll work through it in a healthy, natural, holistic, integrative, and functional way without addictive medications, yeah. right? And they're, they're doing more and more research on all of the problems that are caused by prescription stimulants. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said, I'm going to do a two or three part episode about that. Um, among other things, prescription stimulants, um, research has shown that they increase risks of dementia and things like that, early onset dementia. Yeah. Um, they also cause problems with your heart and kidneys and other things too. So Absolutely. just realize that you pray, pay a price with an instant fix. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about an instant fix for ADHD, if and you're talking about an instant fix for weight loss and you take a prescription stimulant like Ventramine or something like that, or if you're talking about anything else. Generally speaking, most quick fixes you pay a price for. Absolutely. That's yeah. just a light concept. I, I totally agree because, you know, 
I'm I'm glad that I came to you when I did. Right, because you went to 19 doctors. Absolutely, yes. Who all yes. were trying to push pills on you. Yes, yes. And wow. I remember the last doctor, she prescribed me uh, anti-anxiety medication. Benzodiazepines like Xanax or something? Yeah, yeah it was Xanax, actually. Xanax. And, and there you she go. said Which we is also addictive. Very addictive. And causes dementia. It does. Yep. It really does. Yep. And um, I never took it. I didn't even pick up the prescription, and I'm glad I didn't. Just something was telling me, it's like, that's not the route that I want to go in. And did she tell you it was addictive? No. See? She just said that we're going to start with the lowest dosage, and we're going to work our way up. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> granted, I, that's why I always say, like, I, I'm so glad that I found you when I did, um, because... If I did it, I would be addicted to those. You'd be a what? I'll be a statistic. And an addict. Absolutely. An addict. Yes. And the person who was going to put you on that medication never informed you that it was addictive. Yeah. Right? Benzodiazepines, they used to use, in psychiatry a long time ago, they used to use barbiturates Mm. to treat anxiety and things like that. Mm. And then they came up with benzos. Mm. And benzos were a safer option. Fewer deaths basically yeah. so b- people were dying from barbiturates yeah you know in the yeah, early like, on it, the 60s like and stuff like that well maybe? no they would just the therapeutic window uh, was narrower so they okay. would take too much oh, or they okay, would so combine they it with they, other things oh, and they would die yeah or have other things that happen right uh, so they switched to benzos like valium the so mm. valium you know benzodiazepine yep um but and you know they come up with I guess safer benzos, but at the end of the day, they're addictive. And now new research has shown that they also cause dementia, yeah. and they may be associated with arc, uh, Alzheimer's and other kind of stuff. So it's don't take a shortcut. Yeah, don't take a shortcut, please. Don't put a bandage on the problem. No. I, I feel like taking exactly. that off and like working through it. It's like when you have a cut, instead of like putting a bandage on it just to fix that, like you know, stop the bleeding. Yes, that should be the first thing. That you should checking up your health, getting, you know, blood tested, seeing your hormone levels, your um, mineral, like, shortage and all of that. But after that, taking that off and really putting on the antibacterial, meaning that, like, working at your problems instead of working against the problems, well, it is the right way to go with. Absolutely. That's what I had to do. Did it take a long time? Absolutely. It did. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, so absolutely. So pay attention to your body. And when your body tells you something, listen to it and then act accordingly, right? Take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't love yourself, nobody else will. Um, And so I'm so glad to have uh, Milot back today. Um, And so um, I'm going to talk about a few different things. You know, obviously, um, if you hadn't had a chance to do so, check out my practice website, MLC of Greater Atlanta um, and Atlanta Coaching and Hypnotherapy Associates. Um, and then you can also definitely, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe and rate it and share it with other people. Um, because you never know, there might be a little nugget of wisdom, uh, of psychology, of care, um, a pearl that helps somebody else. And you just never know that person might need that word or that piece of advice at that point in their life right now. Right. Um, you know, as some people may know. We are in a mental health crisis in this country right now. Some of the recent surveys um, that they've done have shown that 90%, not 9%, 90% of Americans feel like our country is in a mental 
health crisis. And I totally agree with that. And a lot of statistics recently about adolescents and children and suicide are just out of control. Now, a lot of, a lot of children, adolescents, teens, and young adults are also presenting with higher rates of anxiety, yeah. panic disorder, yeah. ADD, yeah. major depressive disorder. Absolutely. But one of the most worrying things is just suicide. And so there is an increased rate of suicide. So make sure that if you do have a child, if you have an adolescent, if you have a teen, if you have a young adult, listen to them, pay attention. There are warning signs they will let you know and behavioral changes that you'll see in them. Now, some of that's part of growing up and just yeah. kind of adjusting to life. But there's some things that you should be looking for. And so if you have noticed some of those things in your, in your young adult, your teen, um, your adolescent, and come to my office and we'll talk about it and we'll figure it out and we'll do what we need to do to get them to the right place Absolutely. and to help them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, pay attention to those warning signs. Just like you have to listen to your body, you also want to listen to other people around you yes. because they will give you signs. And like I said, we're in a mental health crisis in this country. One of the other things that I wanted to recommend, recommend to people or remind them of is health insurance. So, uh, you know, and, and actually, um, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're a young person and you don't have a lot of medical problems, make sure that you see if you're eligible through your employer for an HSA or an FSA. Yeah. A flexible healthcare spending account or a health savings account allows you to actually use the healthcare dollars that you spend on things that you need instead of paying for other people's care. And in addition to that, it also allows you to use those on services that you actually want to use them for, like at my office or like at an acupuncturist or at the chiropractor and things like that. So yeah. if, if you don't have a lot of medical problems, you know, you're probably, if you work full time, you're probably giving three to five, six hundred dollars a month of your, your pay uh, towards your health insurance. Ask your employer about getting an FSA or an HSA. Some employers have annual enrollment that they do in the fall, and that's the only time you can change a plan or start a new plan. But some have rolling that they do out the year. So check with your employer about that. Yes. Um, some of them have, like, every six months mm -hmm. changing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need to add on, I think a certain, I think a lot of companies out there that I'm hoping, and I've heard about it for the companies that I've worked with, um, that have a lot more flexible, uh, like editing your health insurance. So I hope everyone have the same kind of, um, abilities and like outcome when it comes to their health insurance. If you do take it, you know, you're paying for it anyways, you might as well just use it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, um, as you may or may not know, I did a recent episode. I kind of explored something. I like to explore topics every once in a while. I did a recent episode where I talked about just kind of some social societal changes that we've seen. The episode that I did was about the rise in the percentage of people who identify as transgender. And I actually talked about it from a biochemical standpoint uh, and an evolutionary standpoint. So I talked about in that episode the biochemistry of how we develop into who we are from a gender and sexual standpoint. So be sure to check out that episode. I also did um, some recent episodes on boundaries and time management. So basically um, the things that should help guide the life that you live and as you experience life. Um, and also did a previous episode, as you know, uh, on stability with my guest today, 
Melot Tezra. So be sure to check out that episode too. So today's episode is about workplace and vocational stress, anxiety, and panic symptoms. Um, and the reason why I'm doing this podcast episode today on this topic is my observation. And before I talk about that observation, I just want to remind people that your greatest ability as a human is your power to observe, right? And anybody who believes in science knows that the scientific method begins with step one, observation. Yes. So you observe something, then you make a judgment about it, then you might be curious about it, then maybe you'll form a hypothesis about why it's happening, then you test out the hypothesis, all those things. I think there's like seven steps to the scientific method. It's like college 101. You learn that in college. I can't remember which class, but you learn that in a class in college, and you just, that's the scientific method, but it begins with observation. And so, like I said, listening to your body is observation. Yes. It's observing what's going on with your body. Yes. Paying attention to your kids and your relatives and your loved ones and your friends. That starts with observation. Absolutely. Right? So observation is your greatest gift as a human. So make sure, and not only that, it's not just us. The rest of the animal kingdom d- does it too. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about birds or you're talking about lions, lions and tigers or any part of the animal kingdom, yep. the first thing that we do as creatures on this planet is observed. So make sure that you use your powers of observation. And so the reason why this topic is so important um, and the topic is workplace and vocational stress, anxiety, and panic symptoms is my observation that everybody these days seems to be exhausted, stressed out, burned out, worn out, and everything else, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And I just gave you a statistic that 90% of Americans feel like we're in a mental health crisis. And where's the government? Where's the administrative branch? Where's Congress? We're in a crisis. Yeah. And people might not see it like the COVID-19 pandemic, but it is a pandemic. Exactly. We're in a world pandemic in terms of mental health. And nobody is listening. Now, maybe they may be observing But they're not listening because if they were listening, they would do something about it. There would be a mental health task force and there would be better things available um, to help people who are homeless. A large percentage of the homeless population is mental illness. Absolutely, You've got kids uh, committing suicide left and right. You've got kids presenting at age, I don't know, five and six with PTSD symptoms. Yeah. You've got kids with panic disorder and panic attacks yes. and major depressive disorder yep. and generalized anxiety disorder at younger ages than we've ever seen. We are in a crisis, a pandemic of mental health in this country, and no one seems to be listening. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this topic today. I've had so many colleagues and so many friends and relatives um and coworkers and everybody else who are just burned out completely mentally and in a lot of cases physically exhausted and that is not good for any of our mental health. So with that um and I'll talk a little bit more uh about some of the reasons why I think that is mm-hmm. um later mm-hmm. as we jump into this topic but Mayla, tell me a little bit about, tell me about some of the workplace and vocational stressors that you've experienced and tell me what, what that, when it began, when you think 
work started to feel more stressful Absolutely. for you and how you and your body and your mind responded to it? Um, I started getting workplace anxiety and like panic attacks and all of the negative symptoms. I would say, I, I want to take it back all the way down to like 2017. Oh, wow. Before the... Three years before the pandemic. Three years before the pandemic. Ah. And um, at that time, granted, I was still in college. But um, I was changing um, work places. While Um, you were a student. I was, yeah. So you were a student and working too. Absolutely, yeah. Which is challenging in and of itself. Oh, I... I, So you've got two jobs. I had, yep. I I had a job. Um... And that workplace was not ideal, but at that time, I'm a college student, you know, I and what, can't... what work, I mean, what kind of work was it? What did you do? It was a customer service. Okay, so you had a customer service. So yeah. you were on the front lines of dealing with complaints. Oh my goodness, <laughs> left and right. Right. And, okay. And um, it wasn't an ideal workplace, I would say, um, but I can't, I couldn't just you know, right. quit and go back to just not working. Just you needed a school. source of income. I need a source and of income. And as yeah. a student, you probably don't have a lot of extra time to find a new job. No, I did because not. Because you've already got your job as a student yes. and you've got your work job. Yes. And so if you had to find another job, that's another job trying yes. to find a job. Absolutely. Yep. And you still got to sleep and eat. It, oh, yeah. But, you know, at that time, I didn't have that luxury. A lot of, I think a lot of, um, I know a lot of co- college students suffer from that. and mm, That's another group of people you know, with a high rate of, of mental health yes, issues. Right? Because they have to balance their anxiety, depression, and school. And, exams. And exams, everything. And pressure from um, parents. From parents, family, friends. Academic advisors. Everyone. Yep. Everyone. Absolutely. And I was in the middle of that when that started and... Um, I didn't know how to handle it. Um, mm. And I went straight into depression at that time. Now, I, how did you know I, you were depressed? Um, or you were having, what were the symptoms you had that let you, how was, what was your body or your mind? Your rest. What were they telling you? It was telling me just to rest. So, but what was the symptom you had? Um, like disassociation. Working, that was like, the first like time. raising thoughts at night, trouble uh, sleeping. Absolutely. So what yeah. were all, what were all those symptoms you had um, that let you know that not you needed help? Not sleeping. Um, uh, disassociation was the first thing that I just needed to be completely. No, when you say disassociation. Yeah. Or dissociation. Mm-hmm. What do you? What does that mean? So, so everybody understands. What a dissociation means. Dissociation means that um, you don't want to be a part of your everyday tasks, and you just you you are doing it, but you're not really there mentally. Um, okay. Yeah, I was checked out. So your mom, you, you, yeah, you were um, mentally checked out. I was mentally okay. checked out. Um, Absolutely. I was there physically, but I was not there. Um, and at that time... Did that affect your studying? A lot. Or your focus? Uh, it did. So did it lead to some ADHD type symptoms? Absolutely. Right? And that's not what I just Absolutely. talked about? yep. Right? Stress. It's stress. Stress is probably stress. the number one leader to ADHD yes. symptoms. Absolutely. And at that time, um, I was trying to get into this program when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get into it. Um, that has all stories <laughs> behind it. And but I you know what? The world... The universe, God, whatever you believe Absolutely. in, closes one door open just to open up a better one. I, 
right? I agree. Is that not true? Absolutely. When you look back on things? Yeah. I mean, at that time, I was very disappointed. Right. And the way how things turned out to be were not the way I wanted them to be. And that has its own story, too. But I don't want to get into that. But, but it yeah. made you more resilient. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yes. That challenge or that experience, yes. you had a choice. You yes. could be a victim or a victor. Absolutely. And you chose victory victor. over victimhood. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Which built that muscle that we call resilience. Yes. Right? And, and tenacity. Absolutely. And fortitude. Yes. I totally agree. And I feel like that made me prepare for the next year. In 2018. And what year was that? Was that your senior year? That was my year? that was my junior year. Okay. Uh, and in 2018, um, there was a lot of stuff that was going on family wise too, but mainly for me was I had two jobs, I had an internship, and I was still a full time student. Wait, say that again. I had two jobs. Internship. Two part-time jobs. Two part-time jobs. An internship. An internship. And I was a full-time student. Okay, so wait. Let's, let me... Let me <laughs> so, one, so, I totally get that. And, yeah. and let me just kind of tell you kind of a little bit about my experience. I don't know if I've shared this before, but I'll share it now. Um, and a lot of people would disagree with me. Yeah. But it, it's one of the things, another core concept that I believe about taking... A long-term strategy versus a short-term band-aid or fix. Yes. And this is just my piece of advice. You can disagree with me. I'll, I'll, and I'll explain to you why. In my opinion, your number one role in college and high school, for that yeah. matter, in high school and in college should be being a student. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to say this. When I was in college, I worked full-time all through college. I think there was one semester, my first semester, my first and second semester, I didn't work or something like that, yeah. uh, but I commuted, and I think my last year, but, you know, I double degreed, um, Same. and, you know, it, it took me a long time, um, but I worked full time, but here's the thing, and a lot of people don't realize this, whether you're talking about a high school student or whether you're talking about a college student. Yeah. There are a lot of smart people out there. Yeah. And there are a lot of people with a lot of financial resources. Yeah. Resources to take test-taking uh, programs, resources mm -hmm. to get tutors. As a student, and it's becoming more and more competitive, you're competing with kids who all they do is study all day yes. long. Right? They yes. don't have to work or anything else. And so I know a lot of people think, you know, oh, you know, my kid or I will be better off with a part-time job. I had to do it, and you probably had to do it too. Yeah. I had to do it for financial reasons. Yeah, when right. I went to the college, and when I started college in, in 1991, there was no federally unsubsidized student loan program. Mm -hmm. President Bill Clinton signed that into law. And mm -hmm. so when I started college, if your parents made a certain amount of money, it didn't matter how much they actually gave to you. Yeah. You could not get any financial aid. Yeah. And and so, you know, it was, it was really, really tough. So... And the same thing was true with, with, with medical school. And in, in, when I was in medical school, I had medical school, a master's program, and I did three wow. master's degrees back-to-back -to, -back to help pay for medical school. Yeah. And I worked full-time in our med school's library. Yeah. Now, in some sense, working full-time in my med school's library 
it wasn't so busy. Mm. So that was a good way for me to use environment to address my ADHD symptoms. Yeah. And so that kind of may have been helpful. Yeah. But if it had been a busy library, it would have been a different story. Absolutely. But the point is this. The short-term gains that you get, that I got, that you got from working part-time or full-time, one or two jobs, Mm -hmm. the money that you get from that compared to the opportunities that you miss out on because, you know, lower GPA and things like that makes a big difference because just think about it from a quantity standpoint. And and I did a a whole podcast about time management where you look at the numbers. The data doesn't lie. If you have a part-time job as a student, and yeah. you work 25 hours a week times four weeks. That's 100 hours a month yeah. that you could have divided into your whatever workload you have with Absolutely. your academics. Yeah. So that means you had 33 more hours in yeah. one class to study for and, and pra- do practice questions and yep. stuff like that. Or to meet with a study group. Yeah. Or to practice with a study partner. Yes. 33 more hours in another class. Yes. 33 hours in another class. Yes. 20 more hours or whatever to give to your internship. Yeah. Right? And so the math doesn't lie. And so I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but I promise you, if you have a kid in high school, you got a kid in college, do not have them to work. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. The money, the short time money that you get from that is not worth it. Yeah. Because the higher opportunities that they will have in the long run in terms of getting into graduate programs, getting jobs and other things, getting internships and all that kind of stuff. And here's the thing. You have a lot of opportunities while you're a college student or even when you finish. But you're not going to have the time to seize those opportunities because yep. you're too busy working. Absolutely. And I'm I'm blessed to have the internships that I had. Mm-hmm. And I actually met people through the jobs that I was working in the, uh, at that time. And they offered me paid internships. Luckily, I paid I, all of the internships that I got into. They were all paid. Sure. And I was making good money. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say I wasn't making good money. Right. I was making good money in college. But... I needed that money. It wasn't a luxury right. of, oh, let me save this on right. all of that. It's and not like, oh, I can get an extra Gucci no. bag by working. <laughs> it was, no. It's like, okay, it's like, I've okay, got to pay gotta, my rent yeah, or like, I've got to eat. And and also, like, i got to have family and i got to... books. And books. And I was an art student and marketing major. Mm-hmm. So as an art student, everybody that's listening who's an art student, right. you know how... Materials cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, and right. I was I would say an arm and a leg and a little bit of kidney. About that, but that's absolutely it's, true. It's a lot, that's and true. Um, that's true. And those weren't given provided by the school. Right. Um, she had an extra expense. Exactly, an and I was even though like I would cut corners and get like the cheaper thing and all of that, and I was going against people that have financial help. I mean, the programs that I was going into. I was going against the rich kids. Yeah. To be honest. Because so, that's who can afford to become an artist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean that's kind I mean, of, let, let's that's, be honest, you know, right? Now if you're a rich if you're a rich kid, you can go into anything. Anything. But if you if you like maybe like you grew up or like I grew up, if you don't come from a highly privileged background, yeah. You think, well, you know what? What can I do where I don't need my parents' help? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you think about more practical yeah. stuff yep. versus the artistic stuff. Yeah. It's if you if you have a realization or an insight that oh well I can pursue whatever I want. Yeah. Because if it doesn't work out, I'll just go work for Dad's company. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's a different mindset. And, and I think it's like a lot. It's of, a privilege. Absolutely, and I feel like a lot of a lot of um, 
not to sound like, oh, they had it better than me, which actually they, they did, but a lot of kids, or the parents that have the money, they go to college so they could have, the, so they can say, I have a bachelor's. Yep. When they take an overall That's company. the only plan. That's the only plan, right? right? And, they've um, got, and they've got a job waiting for them. Exactly. All, it's like, okay, They just son, go from one to ten. Just get your bachelor's degree, and, and as soon as you graduate, you're, good to you're, go. you're, you're in the new executive exactly. program exactly. at the company. Exactly. True. And that's how, so, and, and let me interject there, yeah, too, ahead. real quick. And, and this is a big thing that I think we also need to fix in America, not just mental health, but that whole thing is so many, and, and this is probably even a, in some ways even a harder problem to fix than mental health just because it's so ingrained in society and I think it's been around since we've been mm-hmm. homo sapiens is yeah. this. So many people, and, and people don't admit this because the people who benefit from it don't want to admit it. Yeah. But so many people get jobs and positions only because of who they know, Absolutely. not what they know. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's and I'm not going to really go I could have a whole podcast about affirmative action right um but what I'll say is this there is a form of affirmative action that's called de facto affirmative action mm-hmm. and that's the type of affirmative action that you get not because you're a minority but because of your social position yeah. and who your Where, parents know and yep. things like that yep. right it's a societal type yep. of affirmative action that Absolutely. happens without a policy it happens yep. naturally and people get jobs at companies um, big company and all kinds of stuff and they don't have to really search for a job because they know you know all you have to do is is, is finish college yeah. Yeah. and you're in yeah right and that's how a lot of people get jobs and I'm not just talking about I'm not just talking about um, you know people with money I'm just saying a lot of jobs yeah. and I think that's one of the problems uh, with with I don't know corporate America and just different sectors in American society is that you have so many people who probably are not the most qualified yes. for a position, but they got the position yes. only because of who they know. Absolutely. I know that it works like that in Atlanta. It does. It's, I've seen and it, it happen. shouldn't be that way. I've seen it happen. Um, yeah. I've seen it. I've, I've lost internships and jobs right. because they have to give that spot that I already you know, got the congratulation email, going down to do the paperwork and all, and that was given to another person because that's the, the owner's friend, neighbor's yep. kid, yep. or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I've seen it happen. And the thing about it is, is nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, because who's gonna who's gonna go and admit? Oh, I got my job, and now I'm an executive because of who my parents knew. Yeah. Now there are a few people out there who just who have who who, who won't be shameful about it. Yeah. You know, and they'll just say, you know what, I'll admit it. You know, I got that job because of who my mom or my dad or my uncle or my neighbor or whatever. But yeah. most people won't. They so won't. they will never, ever admit that they got whatever position they got or the road to that position because yeah. of who they knew and who they who their parents were and things like that. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, it's picking out who can do the job right. instead of, like, filling up space because you know someone. Um, and they go into a disadvantage. Like the company really go- goes mm-hmm. under disadvantage because that particular person cannot complete all of the tasks that like they're given. Right. And you know that also 
it's like not giving the chance to the person that really has all fair. of the credentials. It's, it's, yeah. and it's inequality. Absolutely. So let's get back to workplace and vocational stress, anxiety, and panic symptoms. Yeah. So in terms of, so let's go a little bit beyond college. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about when you finished college and yes. you, you didn't have to balance college and internship and working two part-time jobs. Yes. When you entered the work world and, you know, everybody's kind of bright and starry-eyed yeah. when they... When they start their first job after college or, you know, that kind of thing. But tell me about, you mentioned earlier, you know, that you started to have stress in 2017, 2018. So was that when you first entered the work world? Uh, No. So you graduated from college when? 2019. You graduated in 2019. Yes. But you first started to feel workplace stress in In 2017. 2017. So Um, before, while you were still in college. Yes. And that's that's because I started working. Uh, I want to say like high school, first yeah. year of college, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when I started working. Like I was working babysitting and all of that. Like you know those tiny little jobs. Yeah, and absolutely. Then I started working at like um, a food service place. Right. Then after that, um, it goes on to cashiering mm-hmm. and all of that. Right. All that. But I think like in 2017. The reason why I got into uh, that kind of mindset it was like everything was changing for me. Right. Um, I so was changing you, school. You were having to adjust. Yeah. To a new normal. Absolutely, and everything in my life was changing at the same exact time. Mm. So I didn't have anything to catch my breath with. Like, ah. job was changing. My school location was changing, um, and on top of that, at school I was trying to balance. So many other things because I was actually getting into. So you were deeper. overwhelmed. Absolutely, I was going getting into deeper and deeper into my majors. Um, so right after that, you know, the next year didn't really help either. Uh, but luckily enough, I kind of scheduled myself. I feel like I learned time management better in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen because I scheduled myself better, mm. so it can help me. I dropped one of one of the part-time jobs mm-hmm. in 2019, beginning okay. of 2019. Okay, so you dropped something. I dropped something. And my contract with my, my, one of my internships ended in January of 2019. And I got a brand new con- uh, contract with a bigger company internship. And I just did work, internship, and school. So that gave me a little bit of lenient time to be able to schedule everything so monday through friday i would yeah. do it internship in, in in school and friday saturday sunday i would work and luckily i did get paid for that internship so it kind of balanced it out but after that after the college and all of that i finally in 2020 i finally got into my job and um it was more so um work from home because you know Fun time in 2020 for everyone. <laughs> but when it comes down to that, I had to balance working from home, something that I was not equipped with um, because I did not imagine my very first job out of college to be working from home. Um, and that really took a toll on me. So let me let me interject here for a minute. So. Sure. One of the things that I noticed you brought up um, kind of as a transition point was when you dropped a job. 
Yes. Right? So yes. let me just kind of interject here. And this is one of the things that, that I'm a strong believer in. As you know, I'm a strong believer in a technique that I use called the Sedona Method. Yes. It's a release technique. And it's based off this concept right here. Um, and I kind of alluded to it when I talked about the, um, the concept that when life mm -hmm. or God or the universe mm -hmm. or the world or society or whatever you want to call it closes yes. one door, it opens up room for a better door yes. to open. And that's this concept here. A lot of times, in order to improve your situation, you have to let go of something. Right? Absolutely. Now, it might be a part-time job. It might be a dysfunctional relationship. Absolutely. It yes. might be a bad friendship. It might be a bad habit. Yeah. It might be something, but usually, usually if you need to grow in some way or you need to level up or you need to move up or improve, it will most likely involve letting something else go. Yeah. Right. And to me, that's just part of the cycle of life, right? I know that there's a uh, there's a there's a meme and there's there's so many memes out there. Some memes are good. Some are not good. I share those on my, um, you know, as you know, I have three Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. uh, Fresh Start with Dr. David Facebook group. New Balance with Dr. David. Um, and then one uh, that's all caps, G-R-O-W, grow, yeah. right? Um, and you can join any of those. Uh, they're on Facebook. All you have to do is look them up. And in those Facebook groups, I post motivational quotes, positive affirmations, things like that, and it's free. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Some of those uh, come from my books, uh, my two self-improvement books, but a lot of them I just find. But one of the ones that I saw recently was basically about one of the cycles of life that we notice in plants is that they shed their leaves, right? Yeah, and they, they, do. they do that in autumn, right? Mm -hmm. Autumn and fall. Yeah. And so, but that allows them to start a new cycle of yes. growth the next spring. Yes. And I think, and I did a podcast episode about that. I did a podcast episode uh, about the power of the seasons. Um, so, you know, one of the things, um, if you haven't done, is check that out. I think it's actually season two, episode seven, spring, the power of seasons and the law of attraction. Yeah. And so one of the things that we do or we can do is if we look at nature and the environment around us, if we look at what it does and mimic that yeah. and learn from it, then we grow. And I think it's really, really important to kind of learn from the fact that, that leaves uh, and trees that undergo a shedding process that allows them to regenerate. Yeah. And so I think the same thing is true of us. But the problem is, is as humans, we're kind of built to hold on to things, yeah. which is one of the reasons why the Sedona Method technique works so well. Yes. We are built to grab and hold on to things. Every little But thing. if that's your natural inclination, the way that you fix things is by letting go. Yes. And so if there's some things that you need to let go of, you know, reach out to me and come to my office. But definitely check out that podcast episode about uh, learning from the seasons. But one of the big things that that is required for people to grow and change and transform and evolve and become more resilient and more fortuitous. And all of those things is for them to be willing to let go. So if life is not going right for you in one way or another, personally, professionally, mm -hmm. financially, mm -hmm. uh, relationship-wise, yeah. business-wise, look at your life and go, what's something that is holding me back that I need to let go of. That doesn't mean it'll be easy to let go, but at least you'll have at least you'll have the insight yeah. 
to know and the mindfulness to realize that, hey, there's something that's holding me back yeah. from who I want to be as a person, yep. right? To reach my full potential. Yeah. Um, so that's great that, that you, as a college student, had the wisdom to know that, hey, let me let go of something yeah. so I can reorganize. And that Absolutely. that's another concept, too, is sometimes you just need room to breathe. Oh, my when God, you don't have When your mind doesn't have room to breathe, yeah. it's hard to make decisions. Yes. I did a whole podcast, uh, a, a, I think, actually, a one- or two-part series, series on decision-making. In order to make good decisions, you have to have mental room to breathe. Yes. Absolutely. Would you agree, I agree with that? I agree 100%. Because I saw myself when I finished the internship and they're mm -hmm. running around and everything. It felt weird at first because I'm so used to being in a high stress Busy mode. Busy all the yes. time. So yes. you were used to being in that kind of yes. emergency mode all the time. Yes. That was all part of time. who you are. Absolutely. Which was probably not normal. Not normal. But it became normal. But Yeah, because there's a saying that... <laughs> <laughs> that goes that if you sit around shit and I, if you smell it for long enough, it becomes normal. Yeah. And true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. 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 And I, I, I saw myself in that. And changing that, you know, I, I slowly lessened and lessened and lessened what are the things that I needed to do in life. And even when I, I just, right now, I only work just one job. Right. And even in that, does the, the old habits that I had right. of me being always busy did broke some, something in me mm -hmm. because I always had to be, like you said, in a stress mode. Right. And because of that, when I'm in, when I don't have anything else to do, I go into a panic attack. Yes. And because of boredom. Absolutely. Yeah. So and yeah, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like everything that I worked for is going to go away. Um, and also, I just feel empty inside, you know? So, so let me let me talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll kind of, uh, we'll move on to kind of, you know, current work stress and kind of how you deal with it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you just kind of brought, brought up is kind of you got used to being in emergency mode. So let me talk about that a little yeah. bit. Right? So... And this goes back to uh, other basic concepts. So the funny thing about it is if you look at life from a, a, a lot of different vantage points, you notice connections. And so one of the big concepts that I believe in is this notion here that bodies in motion tend to stay in motion and bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. Absolutely. And that's not something I created. That's something that Newton created. Yeah. Right? Um, and the thing about it, it's true. Busy people tend to stay busy. Yes. And non-busy people tend to stay non-busy. Yes. Right? People who, who I won't necessarily use the word lazy, but people who don't have a lot of activities tend to keep that. Yeah, and they, they don't and have they a tend lot of activities. Right. And they tend to be, you know, more, less high strung, right? Yes. More laid back. Yes. Right? Yes. And then other people tend to be at the other. Now, there are people who are a mixture of both, obviously. Yeah. The, there's a full spectrum of gray in between the, the black of yeah. not doing anything and the white of being, or vice versa, going, going. going. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, you know, there's obviously a lot of gray levels and middle grounds. But the thing about it is it's generally true. And I always tell people who come to me, and I'm sure I told you this when you came mm -hmm. to me, I generally have two types of clients. Mm -hmm. I have the types of clients 
who are always on the go, always doing stuff, and my job is to slow them down and to teach them self-care so that they don't wear out, so that they're not good to themselves or anybody else. And then the other type of clients that I have are the ones who don't do anything, and I have to jump start all the time. And they just don't want to. And part of the reason why I get why they don't want to jump start is because they don't want to be stressed out, right? So for them, stress is associated with being on the go all the time. Yeah. And I totally get that. That's yeah. a fair analysis. Yeah. The other thing is the people who are hard driving, steam engines, who are always on the go, they're scared to slow down because they know that once they slow down, they may not want to go back to this crap no. anymore. You know no. what I mean? No. So that's And that's where self-love and self-reflection and self-care and exactly. kind of equalizing things yep. and finding life balance makes a, a big difference. Yes. Because here's the thing. Part of whatever your natural inclination is, the balancing act that you have or as a life lesson is to learn to do the opposite. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, having that balance is, okay, so when it comes to the balance thing, it's Mm -hmm. always not going to be perfect. No. And one side is going to be a little bit lesser than the other side and it's going to be vice versa. And, but... The goal is when it comes to finding that balance is having those balanced days more often. Yes. And learning to get to that point, does it take a long time? Yes. And practice. Um, Yes, absolutely. A lot of practice? Yes. But you have to do it. You have to do it. Work when you feel like you need to work. Rest when you feel like you need to rest. Yeah. And... I know it sounds so simple, but for the people like me, that was always like, I have to be in a high-stress environment. I have mm-hmm. to be in a high-stress environment. And when that goes away and you're going back at it again, yeah. it's it's like trying to turn on an engine that's been dead for like a long time. Absolutely. You know, you have to clean it. You have to put oil in it. You have maintenance. To all Regular maintenance. Yes. Yes. And if, if it if it doesn't have none of those maintenance, it's not going to work. So It's going to break down. Absolutely. And those are the things that I had to work with. And, you know, when we come to, like, present day right now, is that I have been burnt out, I would say, for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, wow. And, um, as and you're we, so young. <laughs> thank you. And you're already burned out. Um, See, and I don't think you're alone. Oh my gosh. I think, I think. It's a lot. And I think that's one of the big reasons or explanations for the mental health crisis. Yeah. We are. I, and, and which is sad because from that, you could also interpolate this. If children, and I mean elementary school children, yeah. middle school children, teens, adolescents, young adults, if they're having mental health crises, what does that mean? It means they're burned out. Absolutely. At that age. Yeah. And to be burned out in fifth or sixth, seventh grade—that's a crisis. I don't want to sound like that. That's a crisis. That person that always blames technology for all of the it things. It is part of it. But it is part, it is part, of, part of, it, of it, right? Yeah, um, it's part of it. I'm guilty of. I'm gonna take a rest. I'm gonna lay down and get on my phone, scroll. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that. I yeah. know we all do it. Absolutely. It, it's like everybody does it, but. Exposing that to a kid that's like five, 
four, three. Right. iPad kids. I mean, well, you know, it starts from that. Absolutely. And of course, technology is not all to blame. No. But also, it's like the environment that is being created by their parents in the absolutely. school and their everyone else that are around them because they are also burnt out. They don't know how to. Oh, and 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 that's you know that's the kind of the opposite of synergy, right? Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to talk about that for a minute and then we'll we'll kind of move on to some of the things that you do. Okay. And some of the things that I recommend that people do in terms of dealing with workplace okay. and vocational stress. Okay. So one of the things the concepts that you brought up is the concept of synergy. Yeah. Right? So synergy generally when we think of synergy, we think about people in a in an environment working together for a common yes. positive good, right? Yes. That's kind of that's any company, any business, any organization yes. is a group of people working together yeah. for a common good. That yes. also includes a household. Yes. That also includes a school. Yes. All of our social institutions, be they business or religious or personal or educational or any of those things or social, they operate based on the concept that we accomplish more together than singularly, right? Yeah. That's the meaning of society. Yeah. People working together, right? Yes. And that's a positive thing because that means you can accomplish anything. And if you can't accomplish it on your own, you collaborate and partner with other people. Absolutely. But the other side of that mirror is that when one person gets infected with something like COVID, what happens? It spreads to everybody else. When one person gets exhausted and burned out in a household, what does it do? It, it, it infects everybody, everybody and yes. that's the other problem of it. Yes. And that's what you were just talking about. Yes. And the problem is, is that we don't have a good, with COVID, We what did we do? We create, now we didn't do a great job of it, no. right? And we still haven't gotten, we, we still haven't addressed the source of where COVID came from. So, no. uh, and I'll do a whole, I'm going to do a one, two or three part series on COVID-19 yeah. and the new virus that's out, metanumovirus, yeah. that's infecting a lot of people and they think they have COVID, but it's really metanumovirus. So yes. I'll talk about that talk too. About that. And there's another new virus from China too, that I'll talk about too. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things. And like I've talked about in previous podcasts, I don't think it's a good idea for us to be experimenting with viruses in labs. Yeah. Because when you start playing God, be ready to deal with the consequences. Yes. But that's a whole different episode, and we'll talk about that later. But my point is this. When COVID came out, or when they announced it in 2020, it was actually around in 2019. Yeah, like november And they didn't talk about it. No earlier than that. October? All those kids who were vaping and in the hospital... They didn't. They weren't just in the hospital from vaping. They probably had COVID. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh, Remember I, that I'm crisis convinced. that was early yeah. 2019. Oh, All these yeah. kids ended up in the ER with severe lung. COVID was around long before 2020. Oh, I, Our government announced it in March of 2020. COVID was around at least as early as 2019 yeah. and possibly early. The flu that was going on yeah. during that time. Yeah. I've had it too. Huh? That. I- yeah. So I'll do, a, a, I've been putting off doing a podcast episode because it's just such a big issue. But yeah. the point is this, when our government realized, acknowledged that there was a problem, they actually mobilized, yep. right? And, you know, politics aside, that was when uh, President Trump yeah. was, was president. They created a task force. Yeah. They created vaccines. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So they came up with a solution. Yeah. We have the same issue with mental health. Yeah. But what are we doing about it? 
Nothing. Nothing. Now, Absolutely. obviously, you can't come up Nothing. with a vaccine to fix mental health problems, yes. but you can actually provide resources. You yes. can make it a priority, and we're not willing to do that. Yes. And I think that's the big problem. Yes. And so, you know, the concept of synergy is that when something positive happens, it helps all of us. But yes. when something negative happens, it yes. infects all of us. Absolutely. And we need to be ready to fix that, and we need to be willing and open to acknowledging it and coming up with solutions that help everybody. Yes. And it doesn't just benefit the person who gets mental health uh, help or assistance, whether it's a psychiatrist, yeah. a psychologist, yeah. coming to me, yeah. a life coach, a hypnotherapist, um, you know, holistic mental health and wellness practitioner, whatever. But when one person in a family or a group or a workplace gets help, it benefits everybody. Absolutely. Now let's t let's talk about your kind of remedies and solutions to workplace workplace and vocational stress and anxiety. Yes. And then I'll talk about some of the solutions that I think are good solutions. And then we'll wrap up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I love to do is taking a mental day off. Yes, taking a day off. Very a very important. I know that, you know, our, our job is for, especially people in my age range, millennials, um, that's our baby, right? Even though we don't act like it, that's our baby, right? Um, but take the day off. Take the day off because it's worth it. Um, the second thing that I love to do is come to you, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, and you know, it, it's always great. Which is an investment in yourself, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. It's that's a, a an investment yes. in self care and yes. self love that you yes. make, and you will get a return. Absolutely. And you've already gotten returns gotten from that it. investment, right? Yes, we I talked have. about that when we did the the episode um, earlier this year in season two. Um, uh huh. About stability. About stability. Yes. About the concept of stability, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So and, that's number two. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, coming to you like having somebody to talk to that's not your friends and your family is very important. And and I think like having somebody in out of that circle, it gives you a better perspective and put you and set you up to a a better healing journey. Not even oh let's go I ahead. I love and, that word. Yeah, a healing, healing. journey. You I know? love that. Um, a lot of us need to heal. Yes. And, yes. And it, in it's a whole not, bunch of different ways. Uh, so many ways. Mentally, right? psychologically, psychologically, physiologically, physiologically metabolically, yes. spiritually, Everything. metaphysically, yes. relationship-wise, family-wise, right? Yep. It's, and and that's why like that's what I'm saying like having somebody to talk to about those kind of things it helps you see the problems right there are so many problems I came to you about actually I came to you about one specific problem yes but when we were talking about it there were so many other problems that were like years behind that, me, that were, were the real problem me. yeah right? and that were like the root problems the root problems exactly and. I'm glad that I was able to have somebody like you and really like show me the way of like recovery and healing and you know so on and so on. Um, and the third thing that I I love to do is that um, 
taking a vacation by yourself.、Mm. You don't have to go、yes. to a far place. Get a, get a hotel room, get an Airbnb for a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The mountain, go to the mountains. Go to the mountains, hike, have a date with yourself,、yep. learn about yourself.、Yep. And that also goes into self care, but that's also, I,、mm. I call it、uh, paying attention to yourself、yeah. and asking yourself, what do you want and what do you need? Yes. And I know it's like, When it comes to getting into like relationships and stuff like that,、right. um, it could be friendship, family, relationship. You're always talking to those people about what can we do together to make this relationship better.、Right. Talk to yourself about the same thing.、Yes. What can you do better for you to make yourself better? Have a conversation with Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. That's the most important thing. Journaling. That's another thing that I do.、Yeah. I have. Right、you、now. bring your journal to almost every session. Every session.、Or、you do. At home, I have multiple journals.、Yeah. I have one in my car.、Yeah. If I'm feeling like I need to write down, I write it down. If I need, I have one on my desk. If I need to write it down, I write it down. I have one right next to my bed. If I need to write it down, I write it down. And those are the things that you need to do. Is it tedious? Absolutely. But is it relieving? Absolutely, it is. You know, all those, those negative thoughts, negative energy is going somewhere. And meditating, definitely. I really, praying and meditating really does help me.、Um, you know, to people like, you know, like go to church and all of that, do it. Anything that you feel like you need to be closer to the universe, God, anything that you guys believe in, do it. It will take the pressure off of you immediately afterwards. And just like by, by doing things like that, it really helps me see myself within and inside and out, you know? And just taking your time and relaxing. I,、um, with my accountability buddy, Phoenix, lover to death.、Um, I always put in our weekly goals.、Mm-hmm. I always put in、um, relax and take your time.、Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I have to do every week. And for a person like me who is on a go 24 7, and also even after work, I like to work on my own businesses. And so I'm always on the go. And Taking the time for myself and taking the time and relaxing、mm-hmm. is very, very ideal and important for me. So make that as your to do list, you know? Make that as a priority and absolutely go from there. Awesome, awesome.、Yeah. So let me tell you <clears throat> so I loved what you said.、Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for what you said. I'm glad that you feel like, like、uh, that what I do.、Um, Makes a difference because that's really the reason why I do it because it、yeah. makes such a, a difference to me.、Um, and to me, it's, it's part of like the cycle of energy. Yeah.、Um, you know, I really, really believe in, in cycles of energy, people who are energetic, feeling the energy. That's、yes. one of the reasons why face to face interactions and face to face sessions are so important to me.、Yes. I just don't think you can get the same thing from a virtual、mm-hmm. session、mm-hmm. through a phone line,、Mm-mm. through a computer,、nope. a virtual, you know. It's not, the same. it's not the same. So, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to have first face to face interactions and sessions、um, because of that trading of energy. Yeah.、Um, let me 
talk about some of the things. So um, I totally, I love all the things that you said, self-care, self-love, taking a time out, uh, taking care of yourself, things like mm-hmm. that. Let me kind of give some of the the big concepts and I we could talk about this all day long, yeah. but let me just kind of break it down. And then, you know, like I said, for anybody who is interested in kind of resetting things for themselves, yeah. you know, contact my office or request an appointment, you know, um, and, you know, we'll kind of go from there and we'll kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but I'm going to give some of the, the, the things that I think are kind of like the six basic things mm-hmm. um, that I think that people need to do in order to deal with not just workplace and vocational stress, but life stress, period, right? Yeah. Um, and before I get into those six things, I'm going to talk about something. I'm going to do an upcoming podcast episode since you brought up the word healing. That's one of my favorite words, heal. Yeah, heal too. and healing. I yeah. love that. It just There's an energy associated with the word heal. Yes. Um, you know, and... You know, um, you know, I'm going to do a session, um, you know, I offer specialty sessions, you know that. Yes. Um, you know, I have the inner child release session, which I think you really Loved benefited it. from. Absolutely. Every other client that I had who did that session released so much negative baggage and hurt and disappointment and things like that. So, um, and the funny thing about it is when we do the session, I get to release the same things that you're releasing. Yeah. So it's therapeutic for me too. Um, but I offer a lot of specialty sessions. One of the things that a lot of people have been dealing with since the pandemic, but before that too, but especially since the pandemic is grief, right? Oh, yes. Grief, bereavement, and loss. All yes. those things kind of mean the, the same thing. Um, although bereavement, bereavement and grief are the processes that surround loss. So when yeah. you have a loss, grief and bereavement are what you go through. But I'm going to do a, a huge episode, maybe a one part starting with one part episode on the five beginning or the six beginning steps of healing Mm. from trauma, grief, and loss, Mm. right? And those are, and I'll name those, and I'm naming those because it also is related to the things that I recommend for people dealing with workplace, vocational, life, relationship stresses too, right? But the six steps of healing from trauma, loss, grief, and the process of bereavement that I came up with are number one, awareness, right? Becoming aware of the root cause, right? Number two, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of the root cause and the symptoms, right? Absolutely. And number three, acceptance. Acceptance of what has happened, right? The loss of someone. Yeah. Appraisal, right? Which is an honest, honest feedback of how you feel and what you think about what happened. Agreement. Right? Yeah. Agreement to flip the script and go from being a victim of loss to a victor. Right? Yes. And to move yes. forward. Yes. And then the sixth step is approval. Yes. Right? And that means approving of a way of going forward. Yes. And, 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 and launching that. Absolutely. So I'm going to do at least one episode on those six steps and I'll go through all of them. I'll also talk about the other kind of models that we have of grief you know yeah. the kubler ross model which is five stages of grief there's yeah. another model based off seven stages of grief there's another model that has 10 stages but i'll talk about those because i think it's more important to talk about how do you heal yeah. than the grief or the loss itself yes right how do yeah. you go forward so i think those are, that's important because a lot of people associate grief with losing someone um and grief is 
for everything else, you know. Um, it's not about losing something in your life. It's more into, um, it can be losing yourself, you Absolutely. know. And, I mean, for me, it was like trying to be okay with not being okay with, yeah. you know. Um, giving myself the, the time and the grace to heal and not, you know, when I got sick and when I came to you, um, we talked about it in our previous podcast. Yeah, on stability. Yes, but, um, you know, just giving myself, hey, it's fine. Go ahead and um, take your time to heal and take, take your time to really understand what's going on with yourself and not really put that in a back burner. And that's the most important thing. And I always will say this um, because it's true. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you saved my life, right? Oh. I always say oh that. My God. It's true. It's true. And you. um you allowed me to find myself mm. to give myself the time and the space, a safe space to heal and grow and mm. change, right? Those are the things that I haven't experienced everything in my life. Mm. And you know, giving my giving me a space to grieve about a certain things that happen in my life right. are the most important thing. And not a lot of people know about grief. I didn't know about grief. My thing was let's cry about it, think about it, get depressed about it, and move on, right? And that's not everything. And it's a lot of people, like you said, are miss missing the key thing of the stages of grief and. There's so much that goes into it. It doesn't go away all the time, right? It no, doesn't. We work through it. We work and through it. And that's the it. thing about it. That's one of the yeah. things I think you become, you, you ex- part of the acceptance step. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that this is part of acceptance, but yeah. part of acceptance, in my opinion, yeah. that makes it so much easier to deal with a loss or, or grief or bereavement yeah. or disappointment Absolutely. or hurt or abandonment and those things is this concept yeah. right here. Yeah. I will be working through this for the rest of my life. Yes. But the more work I do, the easier it will get Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. It does. It does. So let us let me jump into some of the six things that I think are really, really important. And like I said, we could expound upon these forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to try to be brief and concise so we can wrap up. <laughs> so number one is awareness. Right? Yes. Number one, you have to be aware that you're burned out, stressed out, Exhausted Absolutely. and those things, and your and that means you have to listen to your body. Yes. Pay attention to your sleep. Yes. Pay attention to how you feel. Absolutely. Pay attention to if you're forgetting stuff and losing stuff, and you can't make easy decisions. Yes. Pay attention to the feedback you get from other people. Right. Yes. So number one, you have to become aware. Yeah. Number two is you have to, like you just said, accept the circumstances. Yes. Right. And this is where I think this is really, really important. There's a couple of things that I think are kind of sub parts of that. Is number one. Like you said, verbalize it. Absolutely. Right? Not just, you can write it down too. So write it down, acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Acknowledge it and write it down. Yeah. But verbalize it. Say it out loud. Say, you know what? I'm burned out. Yeah. But here's the thing that I recommend that people do. And you'll notice that, that I do this, you know, in my office is this reframe. Yeah. Flip the script. And this is the way you do this. If you find yourself, and, and there's a special technique that I use in my office uh, for people who are trying to change kind of the negative thoughts they have, is, mm-hmm. is this. If you find yourself saying something like, you know what, I just can't do it, or I'm burned out, 
or I'm exhausted, or I'm tired, or I'm done. Amend the statement when you find yourself saying it and change it. Yeah. And say, you know what? I'm exhausted, but I'm resilient enough to make it through this period. Yes. I'm tired, but I'm going to muster up the energy that it takes to become what I want to become. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm done but tomorrow is a new day. Yes. And if you do that, if you every single time you find yourself saying something like that and you add on that second part, it will change things. Absolutely. It will totally change things. Absolutely. Okay, so that's another thing. The third thing that I think is important, which you also alluded to, is planning. Yeah. If you experience workplace, vocational, life, relationship, family, um, you know, general life stress, you have to plan ways actively to change it, right? You can't just say, you know what, it'll fix itself. It yeah. won't fix itself. Won't. You've got to plan it. The next thing you need to do, number four, is let go. And like I said, in my case, I like the Sedona Method technique. I think it's a brilliant technique and it's simplicity. Yeah. As humans, our tendency is to hold on to everything and holding on to things is good in some ways, but you have to balance it out. And so that also means that in order to grow, you have to let go, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have to let go and you have to release the stuff occasionally that doesn't serve you. Yeah. And like I said, the seasons do it. The trees do it. They That's do why it. they shed their leaves. Yes. They're letting go of the stuff that yes. would kill them. Yes. And it's just like an infection. If you get an infection in your body and you don't deal with the infection there, eventually it's going to infect your whole body. Yeah. Right? So trees, plants, life... Every species on this planet does that, so we can learn from that. Yeah. Number five, you also alluded to this, balancing, equalizing, and stabilizing, right? You have to balance things out. You have to equalize it. If you're working too much, you got to slow it down. Yeah. It's going to be counterintuitive to. and hard for you to do yeah. because bodies in motion tend to stay in motion and bodies at rest tend to stay at rest, but you got to do it. You've got to create balancing steps for you, yes. whether it's a morning meditation on your deck before you go to work. Yes. Or whether it's doing a yoga exercise when you get off from work. Yes. Or whether it's doing a meditation at your desk for five minutes yes. when you get stressed out. You've yes. got to find out balancing and equalizing and stabilizing steps and yep. institute those into your daily routine. Just yep. like brushing your teeth yep. and putting your on your clothes and yep. taking yep. a shower and all that kind of stuff. And then the last thing, number six, is resetting, rebooting, and restarting. That means that you have to do something that breaks the cycle. You also alluded to that. That's taking a vacation. And let yeah. me say this about taking a vacation, right? Um, you should do it periodically with three-day weekends and three-day trips. Go to the mountains. Yes. Go, if you're in Georgia, go to the North Georgia mountains or yeah. go somewhere else, awesome. right? Or go to a different state. Yeah. Um, you know, go somewhere. Uh, ever so often for three days or just take three days off or something and do nothing. Yes. But the other thing you should also do is, is to the extent possible is take regular vacations. When you take a vacation, believe it or not, if, especially if you're one of these type A hard going, um, results driven, yeah. ambitious, achievement oriented people like you are and like yeah. I am, yep. when you go on a vacation, your mind does not slow down um, until day four. Yeah, I agree. Day four, day five. I agree. So if you take a vacation, just know if you take a seven-day vacation, you really only got two days of real rest. rest. Yeah, it's I true. agree. Right? Because, you know, I've seen myself like on a longer vacation compared to a short vacation. Absolutely. And um, I agree. You need a little bit longer. 
But I think like making those three day vacations like every month or every two months, uh, scheduling it, it helps you to planning things. it, planning it, making a commitment. Yeah, an investment. It gives you two things, right? Yeah. One, you have something to look forward to. Yes, absolutely. And, and two, it's common to you. So every time you would take because you know break, there's help coming. Yes. Right. Right. Every time you do, you do that so more often. Your body knows when to rest and yep. when to work. And it will be like, okay, now I'm done with work, so I don't have to think about it. You don't it feel abandoned because you know helps along the way. Exactly. So exactly. with that, we're going to wrap up today. Uh, thank you so much for coming again, Maylot. I can't, I can't express enough the work that I love doing with you. Thank you so and much. And what you contribute to me and, and my practices and things like that. Um, I would like to share with everybody that Maylot is going to be a regular on this podcast. And so we're going to do future episodes. So in, in the next few weeks, we're going to do another episode. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, definitely, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast. Yes. Share it with other people. Yes. Add something to somebody else's life. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast, reach out to me. Email me. Let me know. Uh, if you need help and assistance with a mental health or a life or relationship or ADHD or depression or anxiety or any of those kind of issues, reach out to my practice, request an appointment. We'll go from there. Uh, and you can also check out my books. I've got two self-improvement books and a diet, nutrition, health, wellness, and weight loss book called The Nutrient Diet. Um, I also would like to share um, um, that I have a new service that I'm going to be offering uh, that I'm proud to announce. It's called Life Advice. And it's a subscription service where you get life advice. All you have to do is submit a request and you get life advice back to me. And it's very, very affordable. So if you are interested in something, if that's something that you feel like you would need, reach out to me. Um, subscription plans start off at $25 a month. So Perfect. anybody can afford it. So yes. I will be announcing more about that. That will also be on my website. So definitely, uh, if you... Even if you don't need, even if you feel like you don't need life coaching or therapy or things like that, but you have common life issues like everybody does, um, then reach out to me about a life advice plan because they're very affordable and they'll help. They're helpful. So I'm really, really excited about that. Last but not least, definitely if you need help with your business or something you're trying to create, reach out to Melot Tezera. Um, in addition to her work full-time, see, she, you can tell some things never change because she still has three jobs, <laughs> even though she's graduated and been in the work world. But the cool thing about it is at least two of those jobs are things that re-energize who you are yes. and are part of your purpose yes. and your destiny and your Absolutely. journey, right? Yes. So, um, made lot, and I'll let you talk about your companies, right? But Maylot has two companies that I know of, mm -hmm. right? Aside from her work that she does with large, you know, large corporations with their advertising and marketing projects. Yeah. Maylot also has uh, Maylot Tezera Designs, yes. which helps individuals, companies, organizations, groups, small businesses, and anybody who has a product or service that they want to create, advertise, or market. She helps with all those things from website design uh, to coming up with a logo yes. to artistic things, okay. all those kind of things, and uh, advertising and marketing, including Instagram marketing. Yes. So that's Maylot Tezra Designs. She also has another company 
called Mela Tesera Arts, and that's a company that she created, um, which I love the concept, where she helps herself and other artists get into galleries. Yes. Uh, and that one I didn't know as much about, but hopefully I correctly described your companies. You did. You tell me more about them. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Mela Tesera Designs, that is focusing on basically... Uh, a marketing firm idea. Um, I help small businesses, nonprofits, and mom and pop shops, um, basically to help them stay in business. You know, everything is changing every day uh, with social media marketing, um, website design, logo design, um, flyers, posters, anything that they need, I will provide. And also, at an affordable rate. Absolutely, yes. And she works with people. I do. And um, I have a lot of connections. So, I will be able to help them advertise their business a lot more um, and also give them advices, um, um, help nonprofits get ready for proposals and all of that, um, look into their proposals, read into it, contracts. I will help you guys with that. Yeah, client work. Okay. Um, and my other business, yes. Mela Tezera Arts, is where I sell my own artworks and also focusing on other upcoming artists in artists that are already been established um help them to sell their art um put them into galleries shows um getting you in front of clients that are willing to pay a lot of money for your work and help you price their work and it's a lot um that i had to learn for myself it's a lot to handle as an artist um because a lot of us granted me to didn't know how to price my own thing so i'll be able to help you with that so that's what i do i hope everybody comes to me Awesome. Hey, you heard her. Uh, if you need help with a website or with logo design anything. or flyers or anything artistically or advertising or marketing related to your company, your service, your good, your concept, yes. your idea, your startup, then reach out to Mel- uh, Melat Tezera. They can find you where? You can find me on Instagram, Melat Tezera. No spaces. M-E-L-A-T-T-E-Z-E-R-A. Um, you can also email me at melatezara at gmail.com or melatezara uh, arts with a Z and melatezara designs with a Z at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest again. I love what we chatted about. I loved your your ability to, to talk about these things and, and share some of the things that have helped you. And I look forward to you being a guest uh, in the next few weeks. Thank you. Thanks I so much, wait. everybody. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.